hello and welcome true believers to this week's edition of Frivolous Gravitas. I am Chris Driver and with me today as per usual is my highly qualified co-host Mr. Jordan Roy. I am certified today, in many things. <laughs> today we'll wander through some of the thickets of certification, their role, uh, uses in modern day labor economies and the misuses or misguided interpretations of them. Uh, meanings ergo flawed up, uh, appropriations or extrapolations of what a credential means and their impractical terms, how it's useful in making decisions. So with that, I will let Jordan Roy take the reins. So um, this comes a lot off of a lot of this episode's probably going to be referencing heavy a lot of our uh, educational critique episodes, uh, such as Marks Are Not For Students. <clears throat> which is episode three or four it was a while ago. And uh, what hap what we were critiquing in that episode was essentially that you're getting something and you're so worried about your um, marks and you're not worried about what you're learning because uh, the marks don't perfectly reflect the skills you're learning. The skills to fix a car are the things that you want, not the marks that show or say that you fix the car. And so the problem is essentially that the certification uh, is hopefully we're thinking supposed to reflect the fact that, you know, you have these marks, which reflects the fact that you learn the thing. So it's this kind of roundabout, um, you know, everyone's holding hands. These abstract notions are holding hands with each other, hoping that um, the person we're holding hands with is actually what we're thinking it is, which was a terrible roundabout metaphor for saying a certification is essentially a piece of authority that you have uh, and can employ in situations such as getting a job, um, in conversation to say, oh, well, I've got this piece of paper that shows that I'm this or that. Um, and to some extent, they are useful because um, they're basically a shorthand uh, for saying, I'm an engineer or I can fix trains or um, I'm really good at web development. I've got a certification in web development but what happens the reality of that is is that um don't hire me for that ever i will this is just a, will be a waste of money because i don't remember anything about web development i don't remember anything about design everything i know is out of date i wasn't really paying attention in class and uh, i did just enough to get my uh certificate and my diploma for high school and the tech school that I went to. Um, and, um, but I'm certified as a web development person. And uh, that doesn't mean anything. I don't even put it on my resume. And so this authority that I can claim doesn't really have anything to back it up because authority needs to be backed up by um, skills. It's just kind of like political authority needs to be backed up by guns. Um, 
and uh, do this. That web design is a really good example, actually, because that's something like artistic that you're getting certified as a level of competency. So it's something that you could probably still do. Like you can absolutely do it, but oh, being yeah. able to write markup language and making a web page look nice are completely different things, right? Mm -hmm. And like I can do, I could do like the drawing of this uh, of the uh, the map or something, and I can make the um, I can make the database. Don't hire me. <laughs> and uh, but everything I knew is completely out of date. Everything I knew was half-assed. I can't remember any Java. Sorry, guys. Um, I had to relearn HTML uh, when I was teaching a computer class, and I had to relearn a couple other things when I was doing my thesis because it was heavy in computers. And I really should have taken the network course, but um, I did meet Chris, so that was pretty cool. Oh, totally. Uh, so I did worked. get something out of it, but that's not a certification. That's no authority I can bring to a table. and. After I graduated with that certificate, I worked a lot of really, really bad jobs, um, but they toughened me up and hardened me and I learned a lot from doing a lot of weird labor jobs. Um, and I don't know if I'd trade it, but I think I spent too much time there. <laughs> but I, I think that stuff's really important though too though, because like I mean, th this will just show my bias. I, I think that certifications are meant to show uh, a bare minimum competency, not a maximum. Point. And the way they're being treated a lot of the times is that their certificate is proof of a maximum level of competency. Do you know what I mean? So like there are bad doctors out there and there are good doctors, both with the same med school education and degree. Mm -hmm. but like. If one person's really, really good at research and the other person's really, really good at dealing with patients and thinking on the fly, I mean, they could both be excellent doctors, but in completely separate ways, despite having the same qualification. Right. And this is the authority problem. I have people expect one thing and are getting another. So I can bring that to a conversation, say I'm a, I have a bachelor's in history. So I have the minimum requirements to start doing history. And this is what it actually is, just like you said. Um, now, the other th problem is what happens when you get something like people, um, I guess, laymen in any field. We're all laymen in some field. We'll look at another field and go, oh, you're an engineer. You must be able to design anything. Oh, you must be able to do this and this and this. It's like, well, no. Once you get out of school, you can start. And that's when you actually start applying and learning. Um, so one of the, my degrees is a master's degree. And this is, uh, this is a weird thing where I had to, they don't even teach it like this anymore because I had to display mastery over my field in a specific topic in my field. So I, that's why you do a thesis. And that's why when you take out the thesis component and well, we need to make it easier on the students. No, 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 make it harder, make them do a thesis. And you know what? Also give them those tests because they need to display mastery to get a master's degree. Mm -hmm. And then you get a doctorate, which doesn't come from, oh, you're a doctor, you're a physician. No, no, that's from the word, um, it's from an older Latin word, doctoria, which means teacher. You are now, you instead, you've gone beyond mastery, and now you are able to, you know, impart onto it. So you have these, uh, these words that do actually have meaning, but, in, but all we give them is like, 
you have a degree on any level, therefore you're an expert. Now we have two-year people passing two-year degrees thinking that they know anything about anything. And uh, okay, that sounded really pompous. <laughs> Let me try and reword that for you. So like yeah. basically the synopsis is, or as I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong, the bachelor's degree shows that you know the things that are already being taught. The master's degree shows that you know how to criticize the system that's being taught. And the doctorate degree shows that you can write the textbooks to teach, right? Um, the master's, I would say, shows that you can produce in that field, original. Um, uh, so if you're if you're a physician, I don't know how. Okay, let's let's get away from doctors. No, and just stuff. do your like. Uh, yeah, stick in my field. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in in archives and history, you should be able to come up with a original piece of work with for your masters. The bachelor's is, um, you should be able to um critique and be able to um learn the basics of the trade um so i had to learn how to write i had to learn how to read quickly i had to learn how to criticize i had to learn how to learn how to argue i had to learn logic i had to learn all these things and i pushed myself so my certification actually reflected my skills kind of um and what happened was when my masters used they said okay do something and they gave me that freedom that's so scary that everyone's so afraid of do whatever you want and i was like oh boy so i had been thinking about this for a while because i knew this would be scary and it's scary for a lot of people and um so i produced an original piece of thing i had mastered not my field i hadn't mastered but i'd mastered the use of my trade Mm -hmm. And then you do that trade and you do your doctorate and you become, you know, you just swim in it. You, you're, you, it becomes second nature. And then you are able to, you know, if you, I can't really teach it, but I can do it. But if I do it long enough, I can sit around being like, no, no, here's what we're doing. Oh, no, here's, because now I have the ability to go out and get experience in that field. And sometimes you don't need a master's to do it. You need, um, no, but you could teach high school or something, right? Oh yeah. Like established history that you don't have to second guess or question because there's enough of it out there that there's a consensus already. Right. And I'm like, I've been working in it while that I can actually, I could probably go to my doctorate. My wife keeps trying to get me to go get my doctorate. Do it, do it, do it. <laughs> it's just like, mm. I should have done it over COVID. I could have just sat there writing. Um, that's a bit of a regret actually, <laughs> but whatever. Now that I think about it, but if you're something now, what, what we have. Well, how does that compare comes... to like a diploma program? Cause you were, you were sort of comparing that towards the, the know nothing before I cut you off. The know nothing. Yeah. So program. I did all that work and I've complained about this before is that a lot of people in my, in my classes were not going beyond the readings and they probably weren't even doing the readings. They were doing the absolute bare minimum and they passed and some of them passed with A's. Um, but uh, that's covered more in the marks are not for students episode. And I promise you that episode is not sour grapes. It's not just me going like, why well, wouldn't I get a good mark? I know why I didn't get a good mark. And it's a perfectly reasonable. I'm not saying the system was against me. There were things I was doing that made it so that I wasn't going to get an A. And 
some of them were conscious. Some of them were just, I don't have time for this. Some of them were like, Ooh, that was a really bad mistake. It's on me. Usually you were hungry or working though, just to be fair to the viewers <laughs> or the listeners who don't know you, but <laughs> yeah. So, um, now when I'm saying that I'm saying, okay, we're still certifying these people who do the bare minimum and we're certifying the people that walk in, get it. And we're certifying people that work hard and get it and do more than the bare minimum. And we're also certifying like the absolute geniuses and they all get the same certification. So they all have the same authority to back them up, which is why we have um, sub authorities within it. So you have like um, summa cum laude or uh, valedictorian or whatever these honors or these distinction of honors um, in my university degree, I did more work. So I got an honors degree in history, um, which is just literally, I did way more work. Um, but again, it's ironic because it's only approved work that they count towards your honors program. Right. So if those... you go out and do your own studying and research and become an archaeologist and go back to school, they don't give you an honors degree for the archaeology ex- no. excursion that you, or expedition that you undertook. There is a purpose to this certification um, because a lot of it is especially in archaeology as which is a good example amateur archaeology is um is dangerous not for the people doing it um well maybe for their uh their careers but uh it's dangerous to the actual artifacts it's dangerous to the history itself it's like oh i'm gonna go in and step around and find some stuff and then they just start hacking away at the ground and it's just like no yeah. you're destroying history more than you're saving it and this rather is, than going layer by layer they just start digging <laughs> yeah and um you know with a brush since they use a shovel it's like ah yeah <laughs> but this is how the old archaeologists would have done it because they didn't know any better and Tomb Raider. But they still discovered a lot of stuff and eventually they got the rules to it. So this is the contention. You have um, <clears throat> these standards of, of practice, which a person does need to learn. So essentially orientation. Um, but some of it's harder than usual. Like, um, so you get, you need to learn the, uh, you know, practices, the techniques, all the things that make it so you can do it properly and safely engineering probably has tons of this uh i know like um with my wife she's got a ton of like procedures she needs to follow in dealing with certain bacterias and stuff look at covid and uh you know chemistry is the same way you need to if you don't label your beakers well explosion or terrible gases or fire or something we've all been in grade 10 science class where we made soap and had a grease fire. <laughs> I got to skip it actually. <laughs> oh, it was fun watching people put out a grease fire with, uh, with water, just throw some water on it. <laughs> I'm just sitting there like neat, <laughs> but, uh, there's a risk to that type of certification. I find though, like when I was in high school, I took the opportunity to take certificate certificate courses in lieu of my sciences. So I didn't have to take a biology or, um, or, um, what do you call it? Chemistry or whatever. Mm-hmm. I took uh, networking and web development and I got certified in those and I got it for free because I was still in high school and that's the reason I did it. But like the flip side is I have no background in science or biology or yeah. biology or um, what do you call it? Chemistry math. or physics and that kind of thing. Well, you've been learning math on your own. 
Right. Um, I had to learn it on my own, but I got no certificate for it. Right. So like all the algebra I learned through programming and the programming I learned, I didn't get credit for because web development is mostly markup and not programming. And it's also graphics and networking and all this other stuff. Yeah, go on. Sorry. The the problem to it, I find though, is when I go out, because I got an e-commerce degree, when I go out and do um, business administration work, right? There are people with college diplomas that have zero background in any business whatsoever. Meanwhile, I had already run three businesses before I graduated high school, right? So it, it's weird because there's a trade-off. Once you get set this minimum qualification standard for doing work, you basically have to lower the standard for absolutely everybody depend because you can't say which field of interest they're going into. Yeah. And so it's not really representative of a person's ability. All it represents is their minimum ability. Right. And which like something like my wife is going into pharmacy. Uh, I keep looking at it going like, this is business. Like a lot of what they're doing is business. And um, they're saying, okay, you're doing the science. Well, you, the science, you're, you're applying your trade as a pharmacist, but you still have to run the store. You still need to hire employees, you still need to talk to the public, you still need to deal with taxes. You still need to deal with inventory and all the stuff with inventory. And, uh, that's a lot of business and the business, um, side of that makes it so that you do need to do business courses. And I was like, are you doing them? And she's like, oh yeah, we have a couple. And I'm like, well, that's important. Um, and it's strange that they're treating it like, oh, this is an aside, this is an aside, but it's going to be half of their job. Um, and the people that won't be good at it won't just simply won't become, um, won't become store managers or, uh, you know, upper, um, and they won't rise too high. Uh, but at the same time, they're being given, there's no distinction between the people of who graduate with, you know, high marks in everything. And the ones who just ignored business class, like we did in high school, <laughs> like we literally napped in that class. Um, when we showed up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, oh man, we were dumb. And so, let's get sushi today. <laughs> oh, I don't want to go back to class. <laughs> Just fat on sushi. Yeah. Um, spending all our money. Uh, so this, um, so it seems like a lot of this is relating to like job readiness, that kind of thing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's probably the biggest problem with universities today, which we did discuss in our marks and out for students is that the university tasks, the, the premise was never to employ people unless that employment was like a teacher or a researcher. Well, it makes them employable. It doesn't make them employed. And so you right. go through university being like, I have the skills to do whatever I want. But they drill that now. They're just like, if you want to get a good job, take these classes and do these courses or sign up for these programs and volunteer here. It's all about job, jobs, jobs now for people in university. And I think mm-hmm. that's better suited to a diploma program because a diploma program is like intensive all day. It's shorter, like in, in it's not a five year program. It's a two year program. Mm-hmm or a three or four year program, it's a one or two year program for a diploma. I think those are better suited to a general job because Hmm. you're sort of immersed in everything related to the field of work that you want to do. Whereas with university, you're taking like matrices and stuff so that you can learn some chemistry, 
so that you can learn some biology and become a vet a vet clinician. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In the in 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 the universities, like a lot of the a lot of the fields are extremely complex, especially like chemistry, the sciences. Um, some of them are very 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 specialized. Um, and you do need to take some stuff on that, but like, there's no reason why you should go be going to like, why is agriculture, unless you're becoming a botanist, a university degree. Now the university of like Manitoba and Saskatoon and Saskatchewan and Regina and all that, they're pretty much agricultural universities. They have big fields of wheat outside the university where mm -hmm. the students work on. And Monsanto preys on all the talent. Yeah. And but why do they need to go to like that seems like it would be a good college degree because you're doing and you're not going to be hired as it you you go you know because you're taking over the family farm and you go back and then you have all the stuff you need to know about farming and stuff like that but and it's like yeah. analyzing grain samples and testing the quality of the the, the wheat and the chaff and yeah. like a friend of mine actually does that he, he run he works in a lab where he uh, assesses the quality of crops because that's how the the government does subsidies for farming and they set prices so that they make sure that they're stable and affordable and to do that they have to basically make sure that you're weighing them first of all with the same moisture content and you have to check for pesticides and chemicals and residues and all all this other stuff but it's all job specific like that's stuff that you could teach in a diploma program mm. that doesn't really require universities yeah i think part of the problem is our conception with the university isn't what it happens in reality like a lot of times we say okay that's like go to Red River College for that, like duh. Um, and Red River College does have a good program because I've seen, like I've worked as a security guard there and I witnessed a lot of the students working their butts off. They did not give them free time. Uh, and um, maybe, okay, plug Red River, send me some money. Um, <laughs> and um, what it seemed like to me is okay these guys are looking for a practical job they're not looking for some hoity-toity thing but we've for some reason we've got it through our society's head that they need to become a they need to do that but they also need to become some highfalutin intellectual which we don't need which is exactly what i've become um <laughs> but uh <laughs> irony um and we made it accessible to the broader population where just like we've been saying universities where you go to become employable not employed and that means you go and you can you become a cap more capable individual well-rounded so you can go up to journalism you can uh you can go up to a paper and say i can write for you you can go into uh you can start a business if you want because you know um the thought process not the exact thing you need to do and i think this is where the universities are failing is because we're we're by bringing in all these people and trying to hit every target at once um you make it so that everyone's expecting uh not to be versatile i can just apply myself to any problem and i'll know how to get through a problem because i learned how to problem solve i learned how to think i learned how to write i learned how to research i learned how to do all these things and i can apply that to almost every job i can learn the things i need to learn when i need to learn them the the thing i need to do 
And that's what university gave me. But the thing I need to do is actually start. Oh, what do you, well, you don't even know what you need to do. No, I don't. But when I get to a problem, I will solve it because that's what I learned how to do. Nowadays, everyone's being said, oh, you're going to go into this. And they're being told when you encounter this situation, do this. When you encounter this situation, do this. So we're doing the opposite. We're not teaching them how to think. We're not teaching them how to problem solve. We're teaching them. These are the answers to all the problems you're going to face in all of your career. And then when they get to an actual problem, they get PTSD. (laughs) And implicit to that, they're, they're basically being taught that there's always going to be a superior authority that they can just ask to or run to, you know what I mean? Rather than being the superior authority on it. Like they have this assumption, and this is just anecdotally from the classes I've been in, but the discussions are so elementary that come from the auditorium. It, it just astounding. Um, they're, the students would basically ask questions that aren't open-ended almost always. They would say, is this right or not? And to me, that's just like an affront to all scholarship because scholarship should be a way of having intellectuals very meticulously criticize the material that's being undertaken. You know Which what I mean? Religion is better. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're learning about them. Like yeah. we have, we're objective here. Like, <laughs> like the breadth and depth of expertise is what you're looking for through a university. It's not mm. like, I'm not, to, it's not to say you can, can't come out of university and get a job and put your skills to use. But the point of the university should be the education. And then after you've got that breadth of knowledge, you can go out and say, Hmm, how can I apply this? However, I choose. Well, and what's wrong with it out? It shouldn't be a jobs training thing, though, in class where they're telling you, oh, you don't need to remember this because you don't need that for most jobs, which they do in university. See, what's if it was affordable, um, I'd say go get a business degree, maybe, or go get a degree in humanities and then go get your... um, you know, engineering. Now, engineering is very complex, which is why it's stuck in the university. Um, but because uh, you need to have access to all those math teachers and architects and stuff like that. And so they all kind of sit there. That's why it sits there. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're doing like, okay, I want to, I don't know, sell furniture. So you go get a, you go get a degree in humanities or something and a bit of philosophy some whatever stuff that's interested and then you go up to red river college and be like carpentry please the four-year program i'll take one of those (laughs) and then you actually learn the practice like i don't see and i'm keep thinking about like how am i going to raise my kids it's like high school get them a trade so they have a trade when they leave high school which is what we thought we were doing Uh, (laughs) and uh and I'm thinking like in terms of skills, I can like, I can put pipes together while I go through university. Um, and then the university will teach them how to much. think. So if they actually hate it, they can go do something else. Or if they actually like it, they can excel in that thing. Cause they'll know what do I need to do to be better than this? Just like you do when you're writing, sitting down and have to write a paper. Why does this paper suck? I know it sucks, but I don't know why. And you have to sit there and think about it. And why apprenticeship certifications are so productive, like they're so useful to have le- levels of apprenticeships all the way up to journeyman. And then they have like set pay scales too. Can I, if we taught all kids a trade so that they're productive, not just productive in the sense of making money, but actually highly productive in their skilled labor. Can I go on an aside with that? Cause that's yeah, really, sure. you bring up an interesting point that I had in my head uh, about 10 minutes ago or so. 
an apprenticeship. <clears throat> and uh, many aside, though, before this is that, you know, you get an apprenticeship, even if you, um, if it's even if it's not very useful, like, you can still like build a barrel. And that's something that you can accomplish, you now have a skill and skill, even if it's a skill, like I planted um, tomatoes, and three generations of tomatoes in the backyard. It's like, oh, I can build tomatoes, but no, it's something I can do. And that gives me pride and confidence and the ability to think I can learn other things and I don't have to rely on like this or that. And so and you can do uh, it without direction, you right? Know which piece of wood to pick up, how to cut it. And you can draw designs yourself. Like yeah. you have control over your productivity too, when you're working on your own. Now, my major aside that I was going to say was kind of that history. And I'm not going to advocate for the apprentice system. There's a reason we got rid of it. It's somewhat inefficient, although we can borrow from it. Now, before we had, um, I guess, centralized manufacturers, um, factories, um, we had uh, the apprentice system where you wouldn't be hired. You would just you know, at the age of seven to 10, you'd go up to somebody and say, I want a job or not. I want a job. I want to be a blacksmith or I want to be a farrier. I want to be a cobbler. Or I want to be a barrel fitter. Or I want to be whatever. And so you work for like seven years and you're just kind of do grunt work until your early teens and you're an apprentice. And so you're pretty much just a coffee gopher um, in the old world before they had coffee. Well, they had coffee actually. Not much of it though. And uh, what happened was eventually you, you would, the thing would be, you'd be watching and you'd be expected to watch and you'd be expected. So you're like holding up. So it's just like, hold that lever and that's your job. You say you hold the lever, but you're expected to watch and see what's going on. And then you become a journeyman and a journeyman's job is to start learning the so they've been watching so they know what's going on but now they've got the hands big enough to do it and so they have to you know they actually start doing the trade they start doing simple things and they get more and more complex and you're expected to be working on a masterwork so this is something that shows your skills off so if you basket weave then you weave the best darn basket that you've ever weaved and then you apply it and eventually you get good enough where you can apply to the guild and this is the problem with the system um, and the guild will gatekeep, uh, but if they like it and they see that there's room enough in the, in the, um, in the, uh, market for another, um, like shoe repair person or uh, shoemaker, then, um, they'll let you become a master and then you can make and own and open your own, um, business and take on apprentices and journeymen, uh, as a master um the problem is is that this doesn't really allow for innovation well it allows for innovation but the guild kind of cuts that off at the head because the guild says nope we don't need any more masters nope uh i don't like your family or something and it's very petty but what is happening is that the the good thing about what's happening in that system is that you are applying your pretty much your entire life to one task so you're not going like, oh, I don't know what I want to be. Oh, you're still a kid. And I'm, I guess I'm not advocating for child labor, but I am 
advocating for child exploration of trades, not just being like, oh, you're all going to become little scholars and activists. It's like, ah, no. Yeah, we have enough of those, thank you. <laughs> Way too many of those. Um, and uh, Well, none of them are highly skilled. That's the problem. Well, yeah. <laughs> maybe it would be different. Well, if it's we like those who can't do activist. teach, but maybe we should change it. Those who can't do go into activism. But so one of the things I have an issue with or with what you said there is that we don't Ha, like that it was a thing of the past but apprenticeship well, actual alive institution well. was a thing of the past but the the thing is and i was trying to get at before i took a sip of tea um was that you actually were expected to show your mastery of your trade and instead of being like okay you've got a certificate and so if you're a painter you paint a painting and everyone and you can just say no 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 certificate there's no certification here's my masterwork and everyone looks at me like yeah you know your stuff it's like yeah i'm gonna hire you or and you show that you show that masterwork and uh, that becomes your piece of authority is actual physical um show uh for an architect it would be a building for a painter it'd be a painting for a sculptor it'd be a sculpture for a shoemaker or a bell maker it'd be like their respective products that they make and you'd be you'd have this on display now this is the institution like the the hard institution is a thing of the past but apprenticeship still happens and it's and uh it's not really though we we just task different people with the apprenticeship programs like there's always there's to get your certifications in an apprenticeship the way i understand it is that there's a certain number of hours that you have to do like on the mm -hmm. job which is like the watching and being the coffee gopher but you also have to do Players. a set number of hours in class to upgrade and then take an exam in order to get your your next level of certification like, for it yeah my brother-in-law had his um just finished his uh uh his hours for his CPA where he literally worked doing um, low-end paperwork for uh, companies. Um, if you're watching this, like correct me, but uh, I don't know. Uh, but uh, Well, they do it for like heavy-duty mechanics and like pipe yeah. fitters, gas fitters. Um, they do agricultural equipment and technicians for industrial machines, yeah. uh, robotics, so landscaping. Need, There's a whole is, bunch of them. This is my contention. So you need, and like in, in, in medicine, in the, in the health sciences, you need to do practicums and stuff like that, where you, you know, sit around and you pay to work for a while. But, um, at, in my field, in the humanities, there's none of that. You get your degree and you're off. You can do whatever you want. You're expected to know, and you're an expert in your field. It's like, wait, what? No, like, yeah, I can. Now there is other gatekeeping. In the form of like uh, journals, which um, you know, do a lot of peer review and do a lot of editing. But if you pick the right journal, they'll just publish you for nothing. And you'd be like, oh, I'm, you know, um, there's that famous, um, oh, I can't remember who exposed it, but it was just pretty much they were, you pay to be published and they do on a circuit and you have a, it's, they have a conference and it's just a, fake conference and nobody shows up and that's it's all just, it is now yeah now, there are legitimate my machine ones. learning research published and every single place i check out they all have a pay to play mm -hmm. and it's like 800 bucks to two grand some of them are five grand if you want to submit to like nature or something yeah like, they're really expensive and 
yeah, there's a lot of money in there that is, uh, keeps people out. Um, and it's, it's the wrong way of keeping people out. Things that should be kept out are bad literature and bad, um, just bad work in general, but there's no practicum for people in any of the humanities. Um, a, even in, uh, in the archives, I was expected to do one short practicum of three months, which was great, but, um, like, that's not really a barrier at all. It's, um, and it doesn't really get you immersed in anything and you don't, and you, I got out of it a lot because I was like, okay, I'm only in here for three months. I have to learn everything, uh, that I'm being put in front. Then I got my certification and the problem with that. And I'm definitely throwing my faculty under the bus. And this is if anybody from my faculty of the archival profession is listening, I am definitely naming names here. I'm not going to name the names, but you know <laughs> who you are. Um, the archival, when I got up, when I applied to it, I was told I needed a honors degree and I went and took another year and a half of school essentially to upgrade my degree. So I you know, did more work and I'm glad I did cause I got a lot better at, um, writing and doing what I was doing. I had just started figuring it out and that extra two years really solidified my skills. So I'm kind of glad I did that. And what happened is I, I went up and I said, I've got my degree or I'm about to get it. I just, you know, I'm waiting on the certificate to come in and, uh, they're like, okay, good enough. And I applied for the archival studies program cause I wanted to work in archives and what I learned was that somebody who just decided he wanted to do that because it seemed easy had been let in with a normal everyday three-year bachelor's degree. And, uh, so I'm sitting there like, what the heck is going on? Now I graduated, he got in a year before me cause he didn't have to do his honors degree. And he, I got out a year before him because he was incompetent and, <laughs> um, this is something we do need to talk about in our podcast is just incompetence. Incompetence should it be its own episode. Exist. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it made my certifications, the authority of my certification in at least my eyes redundant completely. Cheaper, right? Yeah. And so like the standards that were set for me were different for others. And okay, this we have, different rights in Canada, if, depending on your race, uh, language and origin, um, our constitution is absolutely nuts. Um, and, uh, but in the authority of my degree was like, uh, like I was competing against people who were just being told, yeah, finish lines over there, go, go, just go grab it. And I'm like working my butt off here trying to have original and well thought out, um, uh, thesis so that I can do it. And then everyone's talking about, Oh, we're going to get rid of the thesis. And I'm like, cause it's redundant and no one does it anymore. I'm like, okay, I kind of understand, but school should be hard. And, and scholarship should be about theses. <laughs> you, like, yeah. Cause a thesis is literally just, and this is kind of what I'm teaching is like, you have a question. Your thesis is your potential answer, your point in, it's you're kind of like your hypothesis. Here's what I'm thinking. So you have this giant hypothesis that you're supposed to be able to come up with, which, which shows that not only do you understand the, 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 the topic, but you're in your field 
uh, but you also know what you're talking about and then you argue it well and so you come up with a conclusion that adds to the conversation mm-hmm. but if you're just sitting there being like the Manitoba Hydro is racist it's just like no they're a company <laughs> but the, the thing is like the point of knowing all these things around everything while you're taking your master's or your your doctorate in order to write the thesis you need to be able to to know the breadth and scope well enough to identify all these separate outlying areas around it so like for example if you just learn programming there are a thousand programming languages like they don't just give you a degree for knowing one programming language but eventually people usually specialize in one or two programming languages just because that's practical it doesn't yeah, make sense to master jobs everything. where you use like oh well i'm an expert or i'm really good with this so that's why i'm applying to you because yeah. i know you're looking for that but like teaching programming though um for lower level programming classes they'll teach you how to run simple sort algorithms and how to how to run through loops and when to use types of data types and objects and stuff like that right but like in order to write a thesis on computer science you don't just need to know what a data type is you need to be able to describe why there's a need for a different type of data right um an array versus an object or object oriented versus uh functional programming versus procedure um what do they call it procedural or uh, I can't remember the word for it. Anyway, there's one where you, you give it an instruction every line, and there's another one where you try and reuse as much code as possible so everything's bundled up and wrapped in functions. So there's uh, de- declarative programming versus functional programming. But like the point is you can't write a thesis until after you know all the sorting algorithms and all the loop functions and a few different programming languages as examples and backgrounds. And that's what the thesis does really well. It forces you to know all those periphery arguments in order to establish a really good uh, analysis of the subject that you're you're managing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So without the thesis, you're basically giving people leave to to just do nothing. So, um, yeah, and you, the thesis. Sorry. Let me start again. The thesis does, and like you just said, it, it, it presents a show that it does it. But if you can show that, I'm sorry, the other thing that a thesis does or a masterwork or something is that it hones your skills. You're doing this massive project and that teaches you something in itself, which is why we actually go to school for some things because you learn that stupid meticulousness that forces you to check all your commas. You learn that um, fastidious uh, discipline that it comes in and you can learn that on your own, but it really helps when you have, you know, 30 other people you're competing with. And boy, when I lost those 30 people, um, spite is a huge motivator. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend that competition is evil or anything like that. No, the fact that I wanted to be better than all those other people in class. And I saw them as, um, competition oh we're all in this together it's like no i'm gonna my (laughs) thesis will destroy yours i'm gonna write something and go further than you will in effort just because i disagree with you and just because i want to prove you wrong for myself not to be have everyone be like oh jordan you're so smart no 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 this is for me and so i was pushing myself for that when i lost that when i moved out to edmonton here um 
and I was working on my own and say, okay, Jordan, work on your thesis. I just kind of sat there going like, uh, <laughs> and so that discipline that I had, that, 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 that force, um, that I had and all those network that I relied on was gone and I had to do it all myself. And that's hard. Discipline is, you know, there's a reason why we don't all have discipline is because it's, 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 it's very difficult. That should be and, another episode too. Yeah. Value of discipline. <laughs> uh, maybe we should just get Jocko on and just say, dude, talk about discipline for an hour. <laughs> and then, um, but uh, the, I had to reform my discipline and it's hard. And if you're doing it on your own without somebody going like, keep working, and you slap me on the back of the head going like, hurry up. Now you're not even allowed to do that anymore. You have to be like, you can do whatever you want, but I need you to do your work, which is a passive aggressive nonsense. And it makes for anti, it makes for fragile humanity, human humans. Uh, so what I had to do was I had to sit down and force myself to do this, 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 this monumental task. And that in itself taught me a whole bunch and it, it forged me to some extent and to do this on your own. And I've seen you do this, uh, over the course of last 10 or so years, <sighs> excuse me, uh, was just sit down and actually learn something which is commendable. And if you want it, you'll do it and you have that drive, but you're competing with people who, uh, have just kind of been patted on the back and said, it's okay. You don't need to, you know, write all of the words. Um, and you don't have the certification. So, but you can show your work. And this is kind of the difference is that it gives you one thing. It gives you that, that, that gauntlet that you have to go through. It gives you that, that library and that, that institution, the, the stuff that the institution actually is there for. But if you can show your work, like if I'm hiring somebody and you can show your work, why should I care whether you have a piece of paper or not? Like mm -hmm. that's one of the, that's one of the major cruxes of this entire conversation. The, the first one being, um, uh, the fact that, um, it's a shorthand and it's a nice convenient authority piece that does actually have some authority behind it. Cause you know, you did actually go into class. You did actually listen, you did actually do it. But if you can come in without having that saying, you can't learn anything else from here. All I'm getting is the certification. That's a two year waste of your life at that point. If you already know that stuff, if you can go in and you got those stories where it's just, I don't know, there was that one movie, the Hindi movie, uh, three idiots where the guy's just sitting in a job interview. And it's like, why are you qualified to, come to this uh, institute and he's like, I hacked my way onto, I hacked my way into your mainframe and added my name to the list of applicants. <laughs> Let me into your school. And it's just like, how dare you? Like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And uh, like stuff like this, you bring your, uh, like, don't bring your credentials, bring your notes, show what you can do rather not what you've, not the thing that you can, because, what they want isn't uh, like a list of stuff. Oh, I'm capable. They want you to actually show them that you could do the job. Like if I'm hiring somebody, I don't care if you were 
um, you know, all of your extracurricular activities. Oh, look, I do stuff outside of school. It's like, yeah, but you know, student council is like a fun club. I don't want you to do fun club here. This is work. I want you to do this and only this. Well, you know, what about other stuff? It's like, I don't care. Like you're going to be like, you're going to be making tables here. You're going to be, uh, you know, fixing pipes. You're going to be drafting, uh, in AutoCAD or something. And I don't care what you do on your breaks, but that's what you're going to be doing when you're sitting down. And if you can't, if you're slow at it, or if you aren't able to learn the new program that we're going to get in three years and, uh, change gears quickly, then I don't want you. And so the certification doesn't show what happens when, you know, um, a brand new technique comes out and everyone has to learn it. Um, I have a good example of this in the archives when I was working at LAC, uh, a lot of people couldn't, hadn't come to terms with the fact that computers existed. (laughs) And these weren't all like, Oh, you know, older people don't know it. No, older people know computers fine. Um, if, uh, dad, if you're watching, like, you know, computers, I know you do. And you're like over double my age. And I recognize that older people can do it, but in general, they are less, um, proficient. Yeah. They don't type as quick. They don't pick up new softwares quickly. They don't, they don't really know where to look when they don't know where something is like, there's a lot of, um, formatting, like, you know, exits on the top, right. The file menu is where you find your save and new. Well, it's like me when I go onto a Mac. I'm like, what the heck am I doing? What is this keyboard? And I start complaining yeah. about it instead of trying to learn it. <laughs> or if a website it... isn't loading, you can tell immediately. A young person can tell if it's stopped yeah. or if it's still processing. You press, or you press what looks like a random key, but to you it's just F5. No, nothing's working. Alt F4. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there and are then... subtle things like Control C to copy and paste. Like having to teach people to copy and paste so doesn't mean they're going to be quick at it. It means they're going to stop, check their note, Control C, then go back, highlight it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I've seen people do this when I'm trying to teach them to do their job. I've been thinking of going into the provincial archives and taking a course in like and teaching a course, like offering them, like just walking up to them, like you pay me $5,000 and I'll teach a, uh, I'll teach like a three hour course on hot keys for Microsoft Word and Excel. Yeah. They have that already. It's computer usage and they make yeah. a doctorate teach it, which is insane because <laughs> a high school kid could teach it. <laughs> no, but I'm sitting there in the office going like control D copies this cell down to this cell. It's like, Control F helps you look for th- like it's not that hard, and I'm just sitting. Yeah, that shouldn't click, be click, a click, university click, course. Con- no. Like computer usage should not be university credit for anyone. Grade no two or three. <laughs> like, I learned computers learn in grade Absolutely. four. They literally brought people in to be like, "Here's how to use the internet in grade four. and we yeah. were like, Whoa. "But for people who never had it, I think they should have the impetus to at home be able to do email and YouTube and figure that shit out, like. I'm not saying it's easy. It takes time for everybody, but everybody has to learn it, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't, I, I don't have a driver's license, so I'm not going to be applying for jobs as a, as a courier. So like, oh, there's another certificate. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, everybody knows how to drive. Just like I say, everybody knows control C control V, but mm-hmm. I mean, it takes time to get your license and it takes effort. I just well, didn't do it. And <laughs> to follow up with my story, I kind of, maybe driver's license might be something interesting to get into, but, um, there were people there who had doctorates and they were saying stuff that didn't make any sense. They were saying stuff like, 
oh, actually, there's going to be more paper in the future, or actually, computers are just a fad, or actually, you know, the digital isn't, uh, it doesn't like bit rots a myth. I'm just like, yeah, okay, tell that to my CDs that are coasters now. Um, <laughs> uh and stuff like this like well you know we're gonna have to focus more on more and they're 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 defending what they know and they're not being versatile they're not saying okay my field is changing i need to change with it now if you're 75 and it's changing slowly and you're like okay by the time it changes i'll be dead so i don't care valuable that's valid i mean and but if you're if you're 25 and you're saying, oh no, we only need paper because you're some idiot romantic. Uh, well then guess what? You're gonna be unemployed and I don't feel bad for you. Um, or they can just do a different job. Like people at a, operating uh, rides at a carnival don't need paperwork. They just right. don't. They can't carry paper around when you're a mobile. Right, but the thing is, is the reason why there's more paper in the digital age is because we have more records because computers allow us to make more records, which is why we have more paper. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and like, we report on more data, there's more paper, like more we have just double the paper records that there were. It's like, yeah, but there's a million times more digital records. Uh, that's probably an understatement. In yeah, all very much so. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like even from 10 years ago. And the fact that this isn't a problem, I keep thinking of my boss there going like in a meeting, he just like petabytes. We're getting petabytes. When Justin Trudeau leaves office, we will be getting his stuff and it will be petabytes, dozens of petabytes. And they gave us 14 terabytes of storage space. Order of magnitude just, short. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, geez, it was like, I need 100. All right. Well, here's point zero 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 one. You're just like, I'll take it, but I guess I'll be using some you, compression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so good luck on keeping fidelity on your records if you got to use compression on all of them just to fit them. Yeah. Then you got to make that decision, right? Like, do we preserve the integrity of the, the the data collected down to the bit, or do we preserve as many records as possible on our limited resources so that at least there's something there? Mm-hmm. You know, but only a professional, like a, a credentialed historian, should be making that call. It shouldn't right. be somebody making a budget in in government who has no degree at all, because there's no job minimum. Re- <clears throat> there's no minimum requirement to be uh, holding office that I right. know. Of. And there's a lot of like in history, in history, a credentialed historian is someone who's published a book, um, pretty much, uh, or someone who teaches. Yeah, you've done your work and then that's the job is to report on history and to record it some of the books i'm not naming any names but their initials are on that shelf um (laughs) are um uh not worth the paper that they're written on and we still give them a degree now that's opinion at that point i i can complain about that that's another story Uh, the problem is is that like if you have something well well you you mentioned government i don't know how far i want to go down this because every time we go down a government path it just ends up complaining (laughs) well it's not complaining if you're proposing a solution pointing out a problem and saying how it should be done better is very productive in my opinion right but before you do that i wanted to put you weren't you weren't done your story yet of going back with uh 
you were talking about apprenticeships and colleges and universities and how oh, right. you had to show up and display some modicum of expertise before getting accredited. So, um, yeah. So the whole the thing I like, go back is because you were talking about proof of work, proof of competence. Right. So you like had the masters work. producing masterworks, but the problem with this is that a lot of the, the those the, the reason it died wasn't because it was a bad system. It, it was just a system that couldn't produce. Um, it was, you know, read the first 20 pages of um, this and Adam Smith's Wealth of Nations, where he, the first 20 pages are the ones that are anybody's only ever read. The rest, everyone's like, oh, it's such a smart book because he's got the division of labor. And that shows up in the first 20 pages, which is the only 20 pages that people ever read. Yeah, the rest of it was about magic and the invisible hand, like literally hand waving. <laughs> uh, I have a, it's, 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 it's not irrelevant. Well, in it is opinion. in a market system that's completely not unbiased or irrational. Like, yeah, if you're going to throw them out, you can throw out teams too. So anyway, different conversation. Yeah, different conversation. <laughs> so the, 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 the division of labor is a really good idea. And it's an obvious one. Uh, it's kind of one of those things just like, well, yeah, obviously we're going to do that. Um, but you have more hands doing smaller, uh, easier tasks. And so this negates mastery in some extent, but it also means that someone doesn't have to sit there their entire life to make a hundred baskets or something. Uh, instead, they can make you know, hundreds of thousands of baskets by only doing one thing that's easier, that doesn't tire them out as much, gives them more income. Uh, although they do have to stand in a terrible factory all day for long hours. I think it promotes mastery though. You're just mastering a smaller bit. Oh yes, definitely. But you're still doing all the time and energy and focus on mastering that one, you know, that one process that you're part of. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's what makes industrialization so efficient is that you don't have to spend five years learning everything about the car. You could spend two months or three months learning about that wheel section that you put together. And then you're the best in the world at putting together that wheel se section on that model of car. Yeah. And that's really well, productive. And every time a car drives by, you'll be like, I put that together. And that's, yeah. some, that's something people do. I remember doing that. I, every time I go to the forks, I was like, I put those floors in. And it was a stupid, I, I hated the job. Together. <laughs> yeah. I put those windows together. Uh, I think I actually, some of the windows at Mara Largo are made by me. Now that's going to get me a lot of trouble, but whatever. Oh, I used I, to love that in BC driving by all the properties I managed. I'd be like, aha, see how clean that, <laughs> you know, we got our pressure washing and gutters clean. Yeah. <laughs> On top of the fire inspection. And that's something that's worth something. And that's actually, I'm going to write that down because uh, I want to do an episode on that, which is um, pride and work, <clears throat> which we aren't doing because it's like work sucks. Everyone, we shouldn't have trades. And this is kind of goes back to that where we're, we're, we're sending everyone to university to get a certification that they don't need so that they can work at Starbucks. And the, the thing about that is there's a few, there's a few threads and I didn't even know that this was a thing before when we started off, but now that I'm thinking about it is that if you are working at Starbucks at the end of your degree, you shouldn't have gotten that degree and unpopular opinion. You don't deserve the degree. 
Oh, I because... flatly disagree with that. <laughs> okay, well, that's okay. I'm being harsh for for a conversation. Mm. So before I get into that, I do have to finish because yeah. uh, I've been putting this off. Is that you have these merit? You have these people in factories that are now able to do this, so they're not becoming a master of the whole process. <clears throat> but we can produce exponentially more uh and what happens is you get people doing different jobs they become machinists they become uh, engineers and stuff like that uh it's not all of them went away because not all industries are geared towards that uh tailors for example uh, you can mass produce clothes but there still be a tailoring sector mm -hmm. um and um same with locksmiths fact, and cobblers and things yeah like um and um these these things morphed into well okay if i want to be a do a thing and this morphed into the new university system then i have to get a certification so the gatekeeping went from the guilds which died into the government which did a great job they always do a great job don't well, they? it was the schools not the government the, government well, the schools okay in canada the schools and the government are the same thing well, the government gives money to the school yeah. and the school does well with the it i would say it's the credit to the university is not the government yeah the government just gives them money they don't do anything productive every time they try like common core they end up screwing the education system <laughs> <laughs> like voucher the, programs <laughs> the so what we've gotten is that instead of showing your work you have a voucher is a good um word for that but uh you have this paper that says merit so the whole thing is based on like we're we're pretty much making an argument in favor of merit here which states that the best people should have the job Absolutely. the best person for the job should have the job and we're instead of relying on um you know tell me why you're good and then someone will say certificate it's like well what did you learn in that certificate I learned enough to get myself that certificate i learned you know this or that it's just like cool and so you got a bunch of applicants and now if every single applicant says something like that well i've got my degree it's like oh cool and uh well, what do you like what do you choose well we choose the one that's you end up choosing the one that is best spoken uh presentable meshes, punctual yeah, has dress reliable. and deportment and then you get a bunch of other people who go oh, i agree why am i not getting hired and you have all these unemployable fools who didn't realize that the certificate doesn't matter it's what you do with it that matters it's what you do with the skills you learned with it that matters and you can't just learn like history you need to learn the things that make you employable with that history degree so the degree I, itself shouldn't be getting people employed no that's sort of my position on the whole thing it, it can be a minimum requirement if you but not a maximum requirement do you know what i mean yeah so like if, if you're going to build websites and you're a terrible eye for design like I do, I could go out and promote myself as a web developer and I could easily get a job just doing backend stuff where I'm not making anything original and I'm just fixing or adding or changing or finding bugs. And there's jobs for that too. Um, but like to say that you need a degree from university to do code to make something that's artistic is retarded. And I, I mean that not in the, in the pejorative, you know, um, socially unacceptable sense. I mean, it's, it's delayed. Yeah. <laughs> it's not modern way of, of, uh, measuring proficiency whatsoever. It's retarded in the sense that it, it's not an actual 
value measurement. Having a degree just means that you spent money and showed up. You can't fail in school. You, no. you can just do the work and show that you tried and they will pass you because it's a business. That's the problem with university. Participation awards. Yeah. You know, like most of the students I, that I met in my wife's program are going to get their participation awards. And they complain. It's like, oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. It's like, dude, you have more money than I will ever have. Chill. <laughs> and I was saying like, let's just, uh, you know, I kind of don't want to say that because that's pretty much amounts to check your privilege. But um, people but that's with- what it is. It's a pay, it's a pay system. If you have money, you can get a good job just by showing up at university and to getting a degree. That, right. that doesn't benefit the country at all. You're just employing, you're intentionally exploiting the Peter principle. You're just making the least qualified person get the best job. Is that the and Peter principle? I've never heard of that before. What is oh, that? Oh, the Peter principle. It's, it's like a joke in economics where you promote somebody to incompetence. So like if they're really good at their job, you give them a raise and a promotion. Then they're really good at their job, you give them a raise and a promotion. And then they stop. When they stop being good at their job, they don't get any more promotions, but they stay in their job. So they wind up being the worst person for whatever job they end up doing the most at with the yeah, most there, responsibility. There's a certain um, institution in Canada devoted to the application of um, violence. Um, and we pay them this and we need them to do that. The problem is I'm not, it's a roundabout way of saying it, but I don't want to throw certain people under the bus, um, is that they don't have any recruitment going on. So all the people that were worth anything retired and went and did other things. And all the people that, stayed because this is their job and they don't really have anything else to do because they don't have any skills and this is the only thing they know got promoted to another position position now you're now you're you're managing three people now you're managing four people now you're managing now you're managing a hundred people when you're not worth the managing of two people and so because they're the only ones left and they've been there long enough they're in over their heads they don't know what they're doing and well look at the news Everyone who's wearing relish is getting thrown under a bus, rightly so, because they're incompetent. And yeah, they, seniority and, the problem, and tenure are a big problem. Well, and the problem isn't that the the problem, like you see the uh, the head of defense right now keeps getting thrown under the bus. Well, the last one was kind of suspicious because he didn't do that. The last one definitely did. Um, but you you downgraded the institution so much that it's it's a joke. You didn't add any new blood into it. And so you're wondering why you get all these scandals coming up because the incompetent people are bumbling around doing dumb stuff uh, and, you know, giving weed to people with high explosives. And then the people investigating them are stuck and they threw out the evidence because we're not getting new blood in. You need people to replace it. The problem here is merit. There is a lack of merit in that system because everyone's just sitting around keeping their job. You can't fire them. And uh, because you can't fire them, because if you fire them, who are you going to replace them with? That zero recruits that you just got? Mm. <laughs> and this is the same problem in university. This is the same problem in um, well, in a lot of sectors. Uh, in, but I think in, that's because the they disqualify sector. so many people. Like they would have way more incumbent prospects if they didn't disqualify people who are qualified, like meritocracy, merit, merit, uh, 
Merit- meritocratic. Meritocracy. Well, well Merit- it's the same thing. If well, you disqualify in, in- people who have the merit to do the job but don't have the certificate for it, mm-hmm. then obviously you're not going to have good people left over if you start, you know, churning through all of all of your potential applicants. Right. And it's always so like to me that's such a heroic story. The guy who goes in, does something with flourish, and like says. Oh, well, do you like, look at this thing I did and everyone's blown away going like, Whoa, that's such a, you know, good, like Matt, like great display of skill. What's your, what's your, uh, what's your qualification It's just like, um, my qualification is that I'm a really good engineer says the guy and they, they go, well, that's not good enough. What school did you graduate from? I didn't, I mm. left because <laughs> they were stupid and I studied and I did this and this is my work. Do you want me to do more work like this for you? And they're like. Well, I don't know. Well, we need a certification. And the problem is there is that the, the boss should be running the show. But HR is running the show and HR says, I've got a spreadsheet and I need to fill in this little box that says, you know, which university they went to. Yeah, engineering is a bit complicated, though, because well, like, I keep bringing screen. it up because I in my head, it's this complicated, um, useful thing. <laughs> yeah, I'd say engineering is a bad example in the sense that the education you get from a university is necessary to all yeah. engineers. Like even if you're not doing ground leveling and geotechnical stuff. Okay, Here's when you're a building example. a bridge, Art. if you're going to insure the work <laughs> of the bridge builders, like the insurance company has to insure them from failure, right? You're going to want a minimum level of competency across all areas of engineering well okay i have a better example from my own life i'm teaching right now i don't have a teaching degree mm-hmm. and i That's keep getting business <laughs> and you're a great teacher uh, i'm okay uh, i've been well i'm learning I, i'm i'm going through a gauntlet right now where i'm failing a bit but it's making me a better teacher so failing of doing oh, I, I do a couple bad classes and i'm like what did i do wrong and then i come back with more and better work and so I know what I'm doing and I'm learning and I'm learning on the job. There's another thing that we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and I think that's crucial because I got my best education came from work. Like when yes. my employers just gave me like the trial by fire and I could show them what I could do. I was writing like procedures, manuals and doing training seminars and yeah, like, whatever and they is, would give me. Like even in archives, when I, I learned more, well, I learned a lot from my classes because, you know, I'm paying for it. I'm going to get everything I want out of it, squeezing that stone for every drop of orange juice. But, um, but, uh, that was a funny metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, but I learned like the, the places I learned, the things I learned working at the museum and at the other archives, even before I was at the, um, in the archival program taught me so, so much. And they taught me those little minute skills and mm-hmm. there was no practical well there was very very little practical aspect to my degree and like i've seen this in other degrees too with, with people i've talked to like well it's all theory like theory means anything no theory needs to be applied and when everything's theory like in a gender studies degree or you know any any degree that ends in studies my degree ends in studies um but you end up with like there's no practical aspect of it so you get you know, everyone talking postmodernly about, oh, we can't know anything. We can't know anything. And I'm sitting there and like, we actually may need to make decisions on records. So what I did, like you learn on the job, those skills you need to do, and you can't learn them in a classroom because you could just talk about it all day, but it's just like, eventually it's just like, just give me the shovel and I'll figure out how to use it. Like eventually you're going to learn that a square hole works better than a round one. 
<laughs> and you will never forget that lesson when you uh, when you try and you know put something and do work in that hole because you know if you circle a hole you'll cover up your work a square hole will have integrity it's that simple and that's something you learn on the job and it's something you don't forget because you have that practical knowledge which is like something you learn at an apprenticeship which is something you're supposed to learn on a practicum but we're but it's easier to just teach in a classroom and diploma programs teach like that they have like case examples and projects in class that are like imagine you're running this business that does this and engineering does that too they'll be like imagining imagine you're building this cable structure and these are your constraints and these are the materials you have like what slump rate do you need for your your cement so there are certain things that can give you job related skills so i'm not sort of blanket statement everything but Things like a philosophy degree, right? How many people have I met, like just at like Best Buy and stuff, that have philosophy degrees? And that's the type of degree that you should be in, like a corporate structure designing the ethical and social responsibility pro protocols for the company. We're like talking to shareholders about like how to word their their memorandums and stuff like that, but they're not. They're just getting lawyers to do all of that work. Mm -hmm. when you don't need a lawyer to do that. And then the people with philosophy degrees who are highly trained at managing words and interpretations and, um, and their functions in society and, and like seriously analyzing how the business is affecting the world around it by operating. Those mm -hmm. people aren't getting those jobs, but there should be a separate job for that. You shouldn't be getting a philosophy studies degree and be expected to work in corporate law. You know what I mean? Well, and like a lot of those humanities degrees, you go into law from them because, but like I knew a guy, one of, the, one of my, a guy I knew who was in engineering and he was taking religion. He was taking philosophy because he thought, well, this is the what I'm learning the what and the how mm -hmm. I have to come over here to learn the why. Because like if you're designing an AI and everyone's like, well, what it's being designed by a human and humans have biases and they can't get over them. Okay. Yes, they can. <laughs> and the way to do that is by studying a bit of philosophy and learning and asking like, why am I doing this? And yeah, then you end up with like a better memorizing program. who said what, that's the yeah. worst kind of studying philosophy. Now like, I hate that about schools. I'm not yes. saying you're saying that, but that's how they're teaching it. You get a philosophy degree by memorizing who said what, rather than learning how to philosophize. Mm -hmm. And they're two separate things. Learning how to philosophize is practical and useful. And learning about the history of philosophers is a scholarly adventure. Well, that's right? where I that's started. That's the type of thing you'd write a thesis about. Yeah. That's the thing that I started with. Like, okay, I don't know anything about philosophy. Let's just start with the big names. And I got mm -hmm. a big brief on them. And then, okay, okay. Now let's dive into some of the questions. Because now I know where the story of it was. But now... But like yeah, how to a, use the tools of yeah. the philosophy. There's a totally different thing from practically putting it to a job and practically putting it to studies. Now, and they're there not is separated. a place for someone just getting a philosophy degree. And there are people out there who are like just that good. They go in and they are like, they go in and be like, I'm going to do philosophy. It's like, why? Because I want to do philosophy and I don't want to do anything else. That's what I want to do. And they're just kind of laser focused there. It's the they same in history in where they just... They just like, for some reason, I'm obsessed with like, uh, I don't know, some historical figure or some historical time period and they learn everything about it and it just becomes their life. Those are the people that should be getting that degree because they, and because that is what 
their life is. They, their life, they have a, and I don't want to call it like a savant. I don't want to call it obsessive compulsive. I don't want to give it any stupid psychological thing because what that is, is that is merit in that field. And that's all that is. Someone who just knows is a master of like the Reformation scholarship, someone who is a master of philosophy. And that's what they should be doing. Just like someone who is a master of carpentry should be doing carpentry. Just like someone who's a master at coding should be doing coding. And if you're an Aristotelian. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not even saying it in an Aristotelian sense. I'm saying it in a, okay, maybe well, you just follow the logos essentially. Maybe I am, but yeah. <laughs> um, because Tilo Sophia. Yeah. So I was, I went into university with that thing. I don't know what I want to do. And I took history course and I was like, damn it, <laughs> this is what I want. And I had to follow the logos because it was, you know, the, the path of the world was telling me everything was saying like, this is where you need to be going. It's like, so you had to come to terms with, okay, I need to find a way to make this employable. I need to get good. I can't just do this for its own sake. History, qua history, qua history. But there is that because, you know, sometimes I read history because I just like reading but I, history. I think that right there is the point of the degree. It's to be able to have a foundation for you to take and say, okay, how do I want to use this as my job? Yes. Like you can choose because you have such a firm understanding of how things work in the background. You can choose how your focus should move forward towards employment. The degree itself shouldn't be about the employment. It should be, okay, now you're competent enough to decide how you want to be employed. Mm -hmm. So like what I was saying with the philosophy degree would apply also to the history degree. Some people are fantastic teachers and we absolutely like the world today is no better evidence or proof that we need better understanding of history. I've seen some people teachers that don't blow me out of the water. Like they just like, I'm astounded at what they can do. I've seen yeah. other teachers who people tell me that they're good teachers, but it's just, it's just, they are a walking PowerPoint presentation and that's it. And I'm like, oh, they're such great teachers. They're so good at the kids. It's like, then they should be at daycare. <laughs> <laughs> But like some of them should be in government writing policy. Some of well, them are really, really good at extrapolating from the past and pushing it forward towards a productive good. Other people might not be so good at combing through legislation line by line, but at public speaking and engagement with their students, they're fantastic. And engaging students is the greatest way to teach. And education is the greatest way to improve our country. Mm. So like you, could, you should be able to take the same degree and apply it in different ways when you're done. But to suggest that the degree is a requisite for a job proficiency, like it says nothing about a person's capacity without proof of work. And writing a book or doing a thesis is proof of work, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Or building websites is proof of coding. Or, or making composing music is proof of a music composition theory degree, or whatever right. they call it in the arts. But and the one I, thing, like we can't we can't disregard the practical, but I think companies have to say like if you okay there's two sides to this and i think we're conflating and we're and i think what we're doing as a society is is putting them on two sides you have the practical and you have that that you know the practical like the paperwork and all that stuff and then you have the things oh the historical aspect oh i only want to be doing the work i don't want to be doing the paperwork associated with the work well guess what you're going to have to do both and i think you know when you go into an interview you say okay why should you we hire you as a mechanic and then they say well because i'm obsessed with mechanics and fixing uh, mechanical things and they're like okay that's good how are you with paperwork well i suck and i never do it 
Hmm. Well, that is important. And you do have to bite the bullet because every job has a stupid, tedious BS. Every single Especially job. if you want to be self-employed. Yes. <sighs> <laughs> and um, so, <clears throat> but those two things aren't separate. Because like one thing, like even when you're learning and you're doing your thesis, you have to do the stupid, tedious stuff. I had to email uh, Sylvia at the history faculty like every other week going like, what am I doing? <laughs> what is the process here? Oh, it's that? Well, I'm going to skip that. Pretend that you all approved my, uh, my thesis proposal and just start working on my thesis, which is something I did. <laughs> I didn't actually ever get my thesis proposal approved. I hope no one notices that because I would lose my certification and oh, that would mean that I didn't actually become a master because <laughs> I didn't want to do the paperwork. <laughs> so there's something there. So you can't ignore the practical. You have to say, okay, yes, I'm willing to put up with doing some stupid stuff in order to do this work. But to your point, which I'm going to make you restate because I forgot where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> the proof of work for a job. What I'm saying is the credential itself is not meant to be an employment standard. It's meant to be a basic minimum for competency yes. so that you can push yourself toward your own standard that you set. So if you want to be a heavy duty mechanic or you want to do mechanics of like an espresso machine, completely separate degrees or uh, not degrees as in certification. I mean like degrees of freedom between engineering and mechanics. They're, they're both mechanical systems or like fixing watches, right? Tiny gears and watches. Very different from fixing heavy duty machinery or farm equipment. Yeah. So it's a different type it, of person. It makes sense though to not want an academic building farm equipment. Like it doesn't make sense at all for somebody to be able to calculate the rate of flow in the exhaust chambers and, and through the catalytic converters when you need somebody who knows the sound and feel of a functioning exhaust and catalytic converter, mm -hmm. right? So like there are places for credentials for jobs training and that's what apprenticeships do really well because you get your level one, two, three, four, there's practicum, you're being paid while you're doing it, you're overseen by a, a manager uh, like who is a journeyman, that's part of the requirements and there's also a study component to it too. So you can't ever get your certification without knowing the paper, paperwork. So, but but the difference is getting a history degree and then teaching with it is very different from getting a history degree and then being in the Senate. Very, very different. And they shouldn't both have the same standard requirement to of achievement. Right? Right. And so well, I think it's a lazy culture of hiring. That's the problem so that I'm getting to. It is. Oh, that's definitely a big thing. And I think a lot hiring of the other, there's another factor of it. So lazy culture of hiring. That's <laughs> one factor. But hiring managers, especially. I took so much time hiring people and I don't regret it because I got better people from doing it. Rather than so, just like cherry picking the best degrees and hoping they work out. Like, I th well, and gambling that they're going to be useful in five years. Yeah. And they weren't half the time I got people with degrees for admin assistant, like two year degrees for admin assistant. All you do is take direction and write letters. Like you I don't do need that. two years to do that. <laughs> I can and learn can write a letter. You write one bad letter and you'll never write a bad letter ever again. <laughs> yeah. Whereas my training was, I sat down and wrote the letter. They sent it back and said, note, you did this wrong. Note, you did this wrong. And I'd write the same letter five, six, seven times. And eventually it got so tedious that I could mechanically without thinking, write it perfect the first time just yeah. from practice. And I did that. With that's on the job training. It's way so more I, effective. I think another factor in this is a tendency for people 
to not want to well this this is this is my people don't want to grow up thing but what it really boils down to is that people are choosing order over substance and you want that kafka-esque order this fits in all the lego pieces fit in their spots and every person is a lego piece that fits in their spot um and so everyone gets, you know, I need to find my spot and I'll fit right into it. And the thing that'll put me there and it's like, look, this is a certification that tells me I should be here. And you have, you know, everything is neat and orderly and has a reason for doing it. But the, the, the thing that we're discussing and we keep bringing up and we're kind of not saying is that the competence that you get from being a master of something, of anything, is not a definable thing. And you, you mentioned like uh, someone who can hear an engine and be like, it's not quite right. Like you can't grade that. That's not quantifiable. It's someone who has taken their trade into themselves to such an extent that they don't need to think about it. It's like part of their muscle memory is part of this and that. And you can't quantify that. You can't give that a certificate because somebody just knows. And it's another level of mastery. It's not right. academic mastery. It's a, it's a prag pragmatic right. mastery. Like I can look at a piece of paper and know exactly what's wrong with it. It's like try, actually trying to teach how to write is a chore for me because it's just like, well, just write a good paper. <laughs> and I'm just kind of like, just, well, where do I find it? It's just like, what do you mean? Where do you find it? Go get the book. It's like, but to me, it's second nature to like research. I just do it. Uh, to me, it's second nature to make notes and write stuff down and the process is all ingrained. I don't need to think about it. And everyone has a different way of doing things. So things are invariably going to fall out of that order. And when we try and structure things too much, you get literal Kafka scenarios. And that's some, like in some universities, we're seeing that, um, where it's just, you need to go through the bureaucracy, which is more important than the actual, uh, scholarship in a lot of places. Um, and then you see other places. I just saw something on the charter schools uh, in the States and it's just like those kids are happy <laughs> and they're learning what the heck is going on and the teachers are there out of merit. Yeah, the charter schools are failing. <laughs> yeah, well, they're failing because everyone's looking at them like, oh, why wouldn't you? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of opposition, but like some things that they were showing were just like, that sounds like a good idea. But no, but for every one that's doing exceptionally well, there are nine or 10 that are doing worse than the minimum standard from public schools yeah. 10 years ago or 20 but years ago, I should say, not 10, but I think what we're, what we're, but, okay. What I wanted to get to, maybe I'll just cut you off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. The, the types I'm, of schooling that we already have and the ways that they work well. So it's not to say that all certifications are bunk and useless. It's what we're trying to say is there's a practical way of using or not using, but uh, interpreting the usefulness or utility of those certificates. So, for example, we have diploma programs, which are basically like university, but with job oriented focus, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like math, having an applied math and a strictly calculus. It's not to say that applied math is more useful or less useful than calculus. It depends on what you're doing. If you're doing machine learning, learning calculus is more important than applied math, like vastly more. And if you're going to do algebra and stuff on a computer where all of your math functions are built in, applied math is more useful because it helps you pick out which, which pre-known function applies to this situation. So it's not to say one's better than the other, but diploma programs are, are more like academic job-focused 
programs, which makes sense for jobs certification. Perfectly valid. University programs like education, um, bi biomedicine, um, doctors, law, that stuff makes so much sense being in a university because it's it's strictly academic and scholarly. Well, you need to prove make in a university that you have, like, you, you don't just need to show the skills. Because I could go get like a library or a records management degree. What I had to prove was that I had, I could do that, what was expected of me in that previous degree. But in addition to that, I had to prove that I could be creative within that. So mm -hmm. like I'm mm -hmm. essentially getting a leadership degree in that field. And everyone wants to think of themselves as a leader and not a sheep. But well, <laughs> but we don't need that many leaders. That's the thing. You're not more useful as a leader. It's just another type of job. Like people are elevating managers and leadership status and we're paying them based on those titles, even though that's not what's important. That's not what's useful. I'd rather have a whole bunch of CPAs and be their manager and be paid half as much as any one of my CPAs, knowing that they're all going to do the job right and I don't have to, to oversee them, right? Mm -hmm. um, but like a really good example of this would be like French. I can get a great because I went to French immersion when I was young. So I can, I can easily, without studying, get basic French grades. But I wouldn't say I'm a better teacher than anyone who natively spoke French and never got the certificate. No matter what grades I get teaching French, it's not my first language. I'm not going to be better at it than any French speaker. Like, mm. not one. Well, and I know a bunch of French speakers who, when I was learning French, I'd be teaching them about, like, grammar, and they'd be like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, this is how the grammar works. And they're like, okay, I didn't know that, but whatever. And to me, part of it is just like, you can know it, but that doesn't mean you can teach it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, or and that's that, where a teaching degree is useful. <laughs> yeah. And so you need to learn, uh, that aspect of it. Um, so the other thing was certifications. So like, I think diploma programs are great but they should be for specific jobs. University degrees are great, but they should be for like scholarly or academic jobs. If you're going to get a job out of it, or you create your own job, become mm -hmm. an author, write textbooks, do your own research. There are a thousand things you can do that are academic that you create for yourself in a leadership position that are self-directed. But certificates are especially um, terrible for this. You can, you can get a certificate to teach English over a weekend. And like, I'm a certified English teacher right out of high school. I wanted to go to Japan and stuff and teach English. I remember that. And I learned a lot in those courses, but I mean, I have to admit it was a five day course. And then I took the honors program and got a bunch of like little stars that I could attach to my certificate. But again, like, that was easy. I took a week and became yeah. an expert on something. And like, but first aid certificate makes sense because you don't need two years to learn first aid. But yeah. you do want to certify that people know it, especially if it's a job requirement. So that certificate makes absolutely perfect sense. Forklift yeah. operator, perfect sense. Driver's license, perfect sense. But to get a certificate for e-commerce web developer like I did, that should be garbage. That should be worth literally nothing. Because it all it says is halfway through the certificate. Like it was garbage six months in when we realized that like 12 year olds were doing more than we would ever be learning in that class. Yeah, well, I, I went in there with no expectation but a cheap grade because I already had a web design company while I was in school. So, <laughs> that. yeah, it, it, it was a no brainer for me. But I mean, I feel bad for the, the other people who paid three to five thousand dollars for that course thinking that they were getting a diploma when they weren't. They were getting a certificate that was useless. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and a lot of other people in the class were there because like there's a couple of retirees who were just like, I'm going to learn how to use computers. And they were having fun and they were probably the most interesting to talk to people Definitely. that were there because they were just kind of lost in their life. <laughs> and then shout out to Joey, Marianne and Nas. <laughs> yeah, they were fun. <laughs> Jeez. But I, I think there's a time and a place for each of these, and that's what I'm getting at. It's not that the system is bad or wrong or flawed. It's that we're misappropriating certifications and credentials, and we're overemphasizing them in the job market mm -hmm. when well, they shouldn't be. And this is one thing that I learned when I was bouncing around jobs is that a word from someone who has authority in the field is worth more than the actual certification. Mm -hmm. If a guy's just like, yo, I've seen this kid's work, you know, he's going to be lifting logs, but he'll lift them and boy, will he ever lift them. And like, I've gotten jobs like that. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah, I know that kid. He's fine. And I go and I, and cause someone put the word in, I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta actually like put up or like, cause it's not my reputation on the line right now. It's also his. And so That's I also have too, right? Yeah. So that like I have to be worth what that guy seems to have seen in me. Um, and that, that's something because you go to university also, and this is kind of the thing that they don't teach and there's no class for this is you go to build a network. I know all these people. And that's one thing I was doing. It was just, I, I was going every meeting where I could put my face in. I was going every, every lecture that was, you know, on the side, I was going, I was putting my face in everywhere and everyone knew me and it made it a lot easier to work through the bureaucracy. Cause I could just go in and be like, Hey, I need that form. Do you know what form that is? And they'd be like, yeah, this one. And they would know me because they would know what I'm all about. And they'd know my circumstances because I was there. And that's literally it. And so they know it's like, oh, is Jordan, you know, worth his salt? It's like, yeah, he's kind of airheaded, but you know, he's a smart kid, I guess. Mm. It's like, and so that is worth just as much as the degree itself. Because if you leave your degree not having talked to anybody and the teachers kind of remember you, like it's good. You've got your certification, but you only have your certification and that's it. You don't have, uh, you don't have any connections. You might not have any friends. You are reliant on just your word. And so I think that's, uh, but there is like, you know, the inherent abuse of that with nepotism and stuff. Yeah. And that's a huge risk. I think. Yeah. But there's all, there's always stupid, like that nepotism is just the stupid aspect of that competence. But again, authority. we're human. We're always going to make bad yeah. decisions. And that's sort of why I object to Adam Smith <laughs> is because he assumes rational behavior amongst all humans when we know that's physically impossible for any one of them to do it. I would disagree. I think he assumes irrational behavior, but I think he assumes that, okay, let me put it this way, period. And let's not talk about Adam Smith for the rest of this thing. He's <laughs> worth reading. You might totally not agree with reading. him. Yeah. <laughs> and read the whole thing. <laughs> and then you can brag about having read the whole thing. Same like attention. Kant. Yeah. Go through the whole critique of human yeah. understanding. <laughs> Don't just read pages and bits and pieces. I remember reading part of it and being like, so he's a secularist. And my teacher was like, oh, I didn't assign enough. Because <laughs> nowhere in the re assigned readings did it, he talk about God. And so I, I assumed like, so he's secular, right? He's just a humanist. And he's like, well, yes, but no, he's very Christian. <laughs> he was, was French like, oh. to the core. Yeah.
So um, do you want to pause for a break? Yeah, I would like to. And then maybe we'll pick up from um, after the break and maybe we'll talk about like how things might work better, better structures or systems or guidelines and probably some more pet peeves as we go around along the okay. way. <laughs> so come back for part two of Frivolous Gravitas. See you guys.